0: Welcome back to the Soccer Nation podcast powered by Soccer Loco. My name is DK Ineo, and uh, on this episode, I'm joined by Daryl Biggs and Stephen Brokoff to talk about the uh, recent news that Soccer City San Diego's original supporters group is uh, spinning off and becoming member-run. The OSG, as they call themselves, uh, was actually first started by Soccer City uh, last year. Uh, I think they were kind of just trying to validate uh, the interest in their plan and From what I recall, the interest was very much validated because uh, they grew to, you know, a few thousand members just within the space of a few weeks before, I believe, they they closed off the membership. Uh, And so now those members are kind of reactivating, uh, taking over the leadership of their own group. And Daryl and Steve have sort of stepped up to be uh, the point men uh, with this organization. And so I wanted to have a conversation with them, kind of diving into who they are as soccer people themselves. Uh, How they've been sort of integrated and integral in the San Diego soccer community over the last few years. Uh, You know, and what these roles with the OSG look like for them. You know, what sort of challenges they face, what sort of objectives that they have. And uh, it was interesting. You know, we had the opportunity to kind of really dive deep into what it means to be, you know, really a San Diegan. uh, And a San Diegan first, maybe even before a soccer fan. Um, but how this group, uh, you know, this OSG, this common denominator between so many different people, whether you live within city boundaries or not, uh, how this group can function uh, as a lightning rod and as maybe even a focal point for a lot of those, you know, values that that many of our neighbors share with each other. So we talk about that. We talk about how this group can maybe even, you know, build bridges, strengthen the foundation of whether it's like I said that soccer community or the greater San Diego community at large, and. Uh, a really really good uh, conversation I'm, I'm pleased to have been able to have it with a couple of my friends here uh, what I will say is that if you're interested you can learn more about the original supporters group on Twitter at O S G underscore San Diego uh, there's a Facebook group as well that you may want to look into uh, I believe it's a closed group so you may have to apply for entry but I'm pretty sure they let anyone in because uh, they let me in so um, But, yeah, get involved. Get involved uh, with them. Get involved with Soccer Nation. Uh, Twitter account is Soccer underscore Nation. Find us on the website at SoccerNation.com. Find me on Twitter myself at DKNeil. Uh, Be sure, please, to go ahead and leave a rating, leave a review for uh, this program, wherever you find it, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play. Uh, Get involved. Get involved. If you have any questions, any comments, any feedback, send us an email. Uh, That's at news at SoccerNation.com. And... Without any further ado, let's enjoy this conversation with Steve Brokoff and Daryl Biggs. So, Daryl, Steve, like I said, thank you for coming on. But, like, talk to me a little bit. Like, what you know, how did this entire thing get started? How did you guys wind up being in the position that you're in?
1: Uh, it, I think it kind of just started with our passion for the project. You know, we, we early on we got really involved with everything going on with the, the Soccer City project. And um, a couple weeks ago we got contacted by the Soccer City team, and they kind of just said, hey, you know, we always promised to, to – To give osg over to the fans and i think that you guys are the right people to kind of usher that initial start of the the process and Mm -hmm. take it from there
0: Uh, you guys have been pretty i'd say active in in supporting soccer in this community for years now and so I, i know in a lot of ways sort of like i think your backgrounds but for the sake of the conversation for the sake of the podcast can you maybe even take a step back and like walk me through how you got into soccer and then specifically how you got into sort of supporting local soccer here in san diego
2: um, I got into soccer when I was four. It, I think it was almost immediately a session, uh, like an obsession for me. My my mom played soccer back in the 70s in Claremont, back before there were like women's teams or girls' teams or anything like that. She had, you know, played soccer back then and then when she had a rambunctious little four-year-old, it seemed like the logical thing to do to expend some energy during the week. Um, and I fell in love with it immediately. Um, went on to club pretty shortly after that and played for a little while and um, coached for a little while and then got to the point where I kind of dismissed any you know, possible pipe dreams of playing professionally in any way um, and I felt like the, the kind of logical next step for me was to try and generate instru- interest in the community and and try and do something that directed people towards the game and and really built up a supporters base here. Um, I, I was a, an American Outlaws member back, I think I joined in like 2011 or 2012, shortly after the chapter out in San Diego started. Um, but just the, the experience of it all, um, I was going to U.S. games back when it was Sam's Army, um, It it really bit into me and and attached itself to me because not everybody ends up being a professional player but this is how we can still play a part in the game itself so then out of that kind of came um, my childhood team obviously being from San Diego was the Soccer's because that's what we had Um, so out of that eventually developed the deep end which is the San Diego Soccer's supporters group Um, and that's been growing for the last few years and kind of this is, I think, part of the reason why they, they tapped me to be a part of the OSG as it's developed and been handed off into the supporters. Yeah. And Steve?
1: And from my end, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of starts the same way. Grew up born and raised in Encinitas. Uh Grew up playing soccer, loved the sport. You know, we all have our idols. Um, played all through high school. Uh, went to college, played intramurals. Uh, I've always watched MLS, watch EPL, watch international soccer, U.S. soccer. Remember waking up the 2002 World Cup, 12 years old. You know, middle of the night, uh, parents coming downstairs. What the hell are you doing here? Yeah, you you go know, to sleep. Yeah, it's midnight. And I'm waking 12, 13 years old, and
2: 2 a.m. Trying for to, the, yeah, and they're trying for to the South Korea, game. that
1: kind of stuff, and uh, it just always had a passion for the sport. Uh, loved it ever since the, I started playing. And then I graduated college, moved back down here. Uh, I got more involved with the American Outlaws, Um, so I've helped them out in various fashions throughout the years with Capo and Tifo and and just getting more involved, more integrated with the San Diego soccer community, Um, specifically with the American Outlaws and then um, now with Soccer City getting more and more involved to try to bring in a loss here.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think obviously San Diego is one of those interesting places. Both of you have the fortune and privilege of being born and raised here. Uh, I moved here about five or six years ago, but I grew up in Southern California, not too far away. And so I've always sort of looked at San Diego as that big city just over the hill that is kind of quiet, you know, and it's almost more of a small town than a big city. But I've always thought it's kind of funny that there isn't, you know, even when the Chargers were still here, uh, that there wasn't more of a soccer presence here. Because every weekend, I grew up playing in the Presidio League, every weekend I'm down in San Diego, down in San Diego playing youth club, all these different things, and there was just never, you know, an outdoor professional team. Uh, and I kind of just want to get a better sense even over the last couple years just like the transition that you've seen or even just I think the shift in emphasis and focus uh, when it comes to the potential of, of Whether it's MLS or N S L or USL or whatever, but the actual potential of there being a professional team there Is that something that you feel like there's been a shift over the last three or four years?
2: I, I do I think you know, I think back in, I want to say it was 98 or 99, the MLS had the All-Star Game down here, and I remember going to that. I remember my mom getting tickets. The uh, stadium wasn't full, but it had at least 50,000 people in that stadium. Um, we had a great time, and even back then, we all kind of knew that it was MLS kind of dipping their toes down here and seeing what the interest level was. There's just, I feel like... Part of the issue with San Diego is that there's, there's not a lot of organization to, to bring people together to combine for an effort in specific towards MLS. There's a lot of different factions and a lot of talking about, you know, different parties that are interested in doing it. Different people that are interested in being an owner or buying a franchise or what have you. And, you know, we kind of had the, the scrape with um, Chivas USA when they first started that they came down here and looked. And everybody thought this would be a really logical place for that franchise to end up, and they ended up opting for LA, like a lot of other teams seem to do. Um, and it really, it's I, I definitely agree with you when it when it comes to not f- really feeling like we're we've never been closer than we are right now because we have an ownership group that is committed to a team and a product. We have names behind it that are attached to the game that verify them as not just some investment group trying to claim land in Mission Valley. It's people that legitimately want to and believe in um, the development of a, a soccer culture down here. And for me, it, it's, it's a thing that I think that's part of the reason why when they came to Steve and I and asked you know would you guys be willing to do this and be the ones that we hand this off to in the OSG Th- there was never any question in my mind it was always really? yes yeah. absolutely because this is because this the- is progress for us this yeah. is how we can help build this all up
0: uh, that was mainly because of the consistency of the ownership group and just like you said like the sort of authenticity
2: I I, I really believe that in, in, and I've had conversations with the guys in the ownership group almost all of them Um, you know dating back almost a year and a half ago now before we even know knew that they existed i had arranged a meeting at uh o'brien's one night to just try and get a bunch of people together that belong to different supporters groups for epl teams and all across the county because we have a lot of soccer fans in the county that are all directing themselves towards being passionate about Bayern munich or manchester united or chelsea or liverpool and they all split apart and everybody you know they root for their teams they go out on Saturday mornings and I wanted to get everybody together for kind of a soccer supporters summit Yeah, I remember that and this was all arranged at the beginning of December in 2016 when we had talked to Tom Nichol at O'Brien's about it and then shortly I think it was six weeks after that was when it was scheduled to be in it like the second week in February and shortly after that the Chargers left and then the Soccer City announcement came in, and within a week and a half, all of a sudden these guys showed up at the meeting and they sat around and had beers with us and talked to us for a while. And since then, they've done that. And you know, it's it's not something that you come to expect out of owners for teams like that that want to immediately or or people anyway that, that want to just claim land. They they don't come and have beers with you.
1: And I was I would even compounding on that exact point. Um, and we've alluded to the Chargers a couple of times. The, the ownership group of the Chargers really wanted nothing to do with the fans of San Diego, yeah. and uh, at least from my perspective, being born and raised here, 13-year season ticket holder, loved the Chargers. Um, these guys came to O'Brien's and they sat there and they said, "We want your input. We want we 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 want your vote. We want you guys to be passionate about this. We want your input on the stadium, on the initiative, on the. We want your help. Like it was it like spoke to my. A part of my heart that the spanos has never spoke to yeah and so it, it it like sold me on the ownership group before it sold me on the mls team in the mls city i mean obviously i've always been a soccer fan i've always dreamed of an mls team here but to me like that was a bigger piece of this like i want this ownership group in san diego more than i want an mls team here like it was just this like drive that wow like they get it yeah. like they get that they're gonna bring a team here and they're gonna bring this development here for the for the city and for the citizens not for their pocketbooks and like that's such a it was such a 180 from what I've been used to and what I've been normalized to my whole life and mm-hmm. that it, it was just like it blew my mind and it, it just made me so much more passionate about this project than I think I would have been if it was just
0: some other rich some guys. other
1: some <laughs> other rich guys trying to bring an MLS team here right yeah. so it the, if that was them saying the right things they said the right things to, to get us on board but I truly believe what they were saying and yeah. I think really like do. They've, you know, and we have demonstrated that
2: we went through those those moments where it was talk about Moore's wanting to be a part of an MLS team and we, we heard echoes of different things going around town and nothing ever came to fruition and then suddenly there's this group that said this is not like a possibility this is what we're after and then in getting to know all these guys and talking to them you know the, I think part of what has gotten us to this point specifically has been the last, you know, years worth of developments with Soccer City, developments with the opposition, and how the guys from Soccer City have all handled themselves, the guys and girls I should say, have all handled themselves through this yeah. because in a lot of different ways, they've been ripped apart personally in in the public eye. Um, at, at the direction of some rivals. And they've held their heads high. You know, they haven't done anything that has been spiteful. They haven't started the, the political mudslinging. They've just stood there and they've taken it and they believe in their project. And I think that has gotten us to the point where we really are inspired by that. And we, we kind of believe that you know, we, at this point, we don't have a team right now and there's no guarantee of a team. But we believe that it can happen and we believe that as a supporters group it's important to start moving forward and be a part of this community and committed to bettering the community going through this because no matter what, we all still share this thing that is this sport that we love for various reasons. We're all attached to it for whatever reason and we can take that and all of our collective passion for that and somehow make San Diego a better place even before an election ever even happens or a ballot measure ever even happens there's no vote that needs to say you know we can go do something for mission valley um or we can try and clean up the beach or anything like that you know we we can do these things without a vote happening so that's what we're going to try and do for now
0: yeah and yeah, no, it's interesting when you mention that that uh, san diego soccer supporters summit from what, yeah, a year and a half ago, because over the course of the last few years, obviously my sort of, I guess, plug into the soccer community has largely been from you know the soccer local perspective. We do a lot of stuff with the youth clubs around town, and so that's kind of been my um, acid test or what have you of just what's going on. That's my community, specifically. And the same night that you guys had your summit, which I think I had RSVP'd you, because I was planning on going, mm-hmm. I got a tip like the day or two before that the Presidio League, which is kind of the local league, basically was holding an emergency meeting. Not emergency, but kind of impromptu, because these MLS guys wanted to come talk to us. And so I made the decision, and I regret it, because I didn't realize they were going from one to the other, but I made the decision to go to the Presidio meeting that night. And so they hung out with you for an hour or so, having I'm pretty this. sure they were late to yeah, Presidio Yeah, they were late to our meeting. Because they were yeah. drinking with us. Because they were drinking with you, <laughs> and then they come to our meeting, but that same, from the get-go, that same level of, like you said, authenticity, and just, you know, humanity, if nothing else, right, has has been apparent mm-hmm. when it comes to just what they're seeking to achieve. And I don't think it's by, um, I guess, mistake or by some sort of, like, random sequence of events.
2: It's not politically directed either. No,
0: no, but it, w- the point I'm making is that, like, there's a reason. You know, there's a reason that folks like you two, who have been involved in soccer for a long time, uh, are now at this position where, like you said, you, you don't need to wait for an election and there there doesn't need to be any sort of ribbon-cutting ceremony or groundbreaking, you know, kind of thing, photo op, not yet for the people. Well, eventually there will be, but you don't need that before you can start doing things. And that's why I wanted to start <clears throat> to kind of take this conversation towards, yeah, this OSG, like what, you know, I guess in your mind's eye, you know, how do you even define this thing, first of all, today? And, you know, realistically, like, what do you hope for it to grow into over time?
1: So I, I think right now in, in the original idea of it, um, which Andy and the Soccer City team kind of started and kicked off, Landon and them too, um, was just to get more people involved in a in an extra way. Right? Okay. So people are all saying, how can I help? I want to bring this, I want to make this happen. So then they created this to, to, to kind of get people integrated into a group that want to be more involved. Um, and, and to be 100% honest, when they launched this, I think within an hour of them launching it, I think both Darren and I, even separately, had contacted Andy and the Soccer City team and was like, whoa, 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 you might wanna be careful with that supporters group label. Like, supporters group are typically independently run unions, you know, independently run groups that run parallel to a group, to a, to a club, they they're not run by the club. Yeah. Um, so then hearing that the, I, the goal was to always turn it over to the fans, you know, that, that was very promising. Um, still weary and then you know kind of how it ran from there I was pleasantly happy with um, it's, just a, it's just a way to get more people involved you know people who want to who want more emails who want more information who want to show up to city council meetings That people who are more passionate about the project so now getting to the point where we're at now uh, kind of handing it over and letting it be more of an independent group we can kind of have um, a little bit more freedom in how we want to direct it right so we can do OSG organized events and OSG organized, um, be th- philanthropic in the community, right? So we can do um, community events and cleanups yeah. and that's kind of stuff. Tomorrow we're going to, to the Santa River Park Foundation, be, uh, River Park Cleanup. Know, we have 10, 11, 12 people showing up there tomorrow. We just organized within OSG um, within this past week. So this wasn't even like a whole lot of time, but we still got 10, 11 people showing up, going to clean up trash for three hours and try to make the community better right yeah. so that's that's kind of our goal for now and then um you know leading up to the vote and then obviously getting more people involved we have a world cup coming up so there's going to be some stuff with that and then obviously going forward we're going to start uh i think getting some stuff going with Private, more Not private events, but OSG organized, you know, a little okay. separate from Soccer like, City. Like, like that a
0: members-only type thing? Sure. Yeah. Well, so that's actually what I wanted to actually dive into a little bit. <clears throat> when you think of, and you touched on it, the idea of a supporters group. I was also very kind of like, whoa, when I saw that the club had started their own like supporters group. It's like, all right, well, you know, to be honest one of the big sort of um, detractions that a lot of people take from MLS is that it's a little bit artificial, right? Or a little bit even synthetic.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and that's because I think MLS in a lot of ways has the benefit of being able to look around the world. And not just MLS, but any new club can look around the world and look and see what consists of what, where things are successful, what are the component parts, right? And then you try to replicate that. I think that's like, there's a scientific procedure there. And so I can definitely understand the logic whereby The ownership would look and say hey you know all these different successful clubs whether it's united chelsea liverpool barca whatever have these clubs we should have one of those too but like you said when it comes to this ownership group one of the things i actually like the most about them is that i don't think they come in as though they know everything they are willing to kind of listen and to adapt on the fly as need be Uh, because like you said you told them like hey like be careful with that and then lo and behold here we are fast forward a few months later and not only just anyone's in charge but you two are in charge uh, which is daunting I'm assuming hmm. but at the same time probably a little bit thrilling right
2: yeah I mean I think you know the, I think the way that it developed was in a lot of ways when we talked to to the soccer city people we got the the feeling that there are still people kind of climbing on them and, and asking them how they can help and what they can do um, because they've been a little bit dormant for the last few months Um and this was the the next step for them was to say essentially we were told a long time ago when we first started this thing this really needs to be something that is directed by the people that support this so here are these two guys we've been uh, you know we've been both been pretty prominent in the events and the stuff that soccer city's done but beyond that you know we've we've been pretty prominent in other local soccer events um it seemed like a logical thing for them i guess um for us it, it you know, I, I was flattered, obviously. Steve kind of when when they invited us to a meeting about it, it was Steve Steve said beforehand, I think this is what they're gonna do and I said, Oh really? Okay, cool. <laughs> you predicted it? Yeah, yes, he did. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and in in I'm flattered, um you know, this is this is always what I, I believed a supporters group should be. It, it should be a group of people directing itself, not just towards soccer, but trying to make the community a better place yeah. and and develop the community to a, to a place where it feels like it's progressing. Um, I think a lot of people in San Diego feel like the the city itself is stagnated as far as pushing itself towards being the next generation San Diego. It's kind of fallen flat. It's hit this plateau Nobody really knows what the next development of San Diego is gonna be. Because all of the things that talk about development of you know, the convention center area, the area you know, just south of East Village, there's been all this conversation about what's gonna get developed there, but nothing ever really seems to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been talking about a convention center expansion for like fifteen years yes, now. Yeah.
0: You know, while we're sat here, I actually just had this sort of correlation between san diego and this sort of lost generation of, of development and progress and like the united you know, states national team and this sort of lost generation that's missed these last olympics like i don't want to get too dark or too yeah. sad right now but yeah. like i just played. missed
2: a lot of olympics yeah
0: but i mean but if you look at it like there's this gap right and then all of a sudden here you come with this next next generation your politics your timothy weas you know even like your Cameron. yeah your, your cameron carter vickers who just signed a new deal at spurs yeah. you know and like there seems to be this sort of like new life, this new hope, you know, these kind of grass shoots that are coming up and it's like one of the things that I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is probably the most exciting about this opportunity is that we get to cultivate whatever we want, you know? And so it's interesting to be able to um, like to get your perspective when it comes to what a supporters club should be and just like your kind of basic like human and moral values, because I think at the end of the day, the supporters club of any given team should represent like the values of that club and back and forth there should be that symbiosis right mm-hmm. um and so i think the fact that yeah there's a river park cleanup that you guys are doing because <clears throat> what this launched a week ago and you and so like within the space of four or five days you right before we started recording you mentioned that you know the engagement on this poll that you run for this new logo is through the roof so i want you to say it out loud first but like you know a week ago you put out this thing and it's like okay you know, we need to vote on a new logo. What, what were the numbers in the last few days?
1: So we, we sent the email out about uh, the end of the day Tuesday and we've had like 550 responses. Poll closed today, Friday, May 18th at noon. Okay. So that's Still a little work. over three days, um, three and a half days for responses, 550 uh, responses. That's that's great. Yeah. And it
2: only went to the people that were already on the list, Part, right? part of the, the mailing sign-up. list from, yeah. Yeah. for the OSG when it started. So it only went to I think eighteen hundred people, and five hundred of them responded. Um, you know, we've gotten a hundred, almost a hundred new members in, in the Facebook group
1: for the OSG over the last four days alone. Wow! Um, the we launched the Twitter on Tuesday. Yeah. Right during actually the same the same email, uh, and we have like three hundred something followers so, yeah, from yeah, that. It's yeah. a, and for a week I, I without. It's been a crazy, it's been a hectic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sure has. There's no the phones have both been blowing up this week. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no doubt about that. Invest yeah.
0: in one of those portable batteries. <sighs> uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's no doubt that it's been a whirlwind. Um, and I think touching back to your previous question when you are talking about what MLS likes to model themselves after, I think that one important club to consider is Dortmund. You know, with the yellow wall, with the standing standing room only supportive section. Look at all these new stadiums. Every single new stadium has a support, standing only supporter section. Um, in them, and, and I think a lot of supporters groups are modeling themselves after Dortmund supporters groups, you know, waving the flags, standing 90 minutes, being that supportive. I think that's something that, of course, like you said, we had the luxury of doing. Dortmund was, that, that supporters group, the Yellow Wall at Dortmund, was born and raised in like a grassroots effort through years and years and years of history. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and we kind of have that opportunity to say... What they're doing is great. Let's do that. Yeah. You know, and, and let's do
0: it our own way. And we, don't, too, right? we, and we
1: haven't had the opportunity to do it grassroots in, 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 in that kind of way, but we're doing it in our own grassroots way. Um so I think we're trying to 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 I think a lot of people are trying to model this for them. Yeah. But how as far as making you know, this the week it's been, kinda of being handed over, hey, here's the membership list and here's all this stuff, like it's a lot to handle. There's yeah. A lot of responsibility and I, I can guarantee I'll Listening listen to this we don't take it lightly there's yeah. a lot to do yeah. and i
2: think touching on that that whole notion that like there is a certain side of mls that doesn't feel as authentic and a lot of it is because you know people are in, in a lot of ways copying things that they see in europe or from european teams but at the same time it's you know you can you can say it's inauthentic but when Atlanta sells seventy thousand seats to a stadium, yeah. do you care that it's authentic? Do you yeah. care because that stadium is so noisy?
0: I, th- I think it is authentic. I think the word authentic gets thrown around. Yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely There's, it's, it's, it's definitely modeled it's after, definitely, after things. Yeah, it might not be like unique, or it might not be like truly, it's truly original. Or historic.
1: Yeah, you know, but united, at the same time, these clubs have eighteen hundreds history. Yeah, it takes years, years yeah. to yeah. develop
2: that kind mm-hmm. of thing. What we're most cons- concerned with is we have these people that we know are passionate about the game. For us the authenticity comes from these people and what it means to them and what it means to us to be a San Diegan and how to turn all of that, those two different things, the fact that we're all very proud to be San Diegans and the fact that we all love the game, how to turn those two things into something that pushes the city towards progress right now. For us, I think collectively we all believe that progress really it it is in Soccer City and For the time being obviously we can't do anything about that right now but what we can do is good things in the community yeah so you know we have we have the the river cleanups we have foodie mcfoodie face stuff coming up um, which we'll be working in tandem with them we've got some events that we're arranging for the world cup to do viewing parties for different teams and try and get people out yeah, into yeah. the community. I've seen this,
0: the draft of the spreadsheet, I've seen it.
2: Yeah, the spreadsheet is very organized. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Good job, Drew.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Shout, Shout out, out to Drew. Yeah, yeah. Juice
0: <laughs> Tech, yeah. man amongst men. Yes. <laughs> um, so I guess there's a couple different things that, that, that you just touched on, and one of them being uh, what a supporters group can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And, and how- We
2: can do anything.
0: All right. I, I wake up every day and I tell myself there's nothing I can't do. There's a lot of stuff I don't know how to do, but there's nothing I can't do. Anyway, um, when it comes to a supporters group and, and a club uh, sort of being like you know, the the figurehead or, or that focal point of community, I think it's actually really interesting when you look at what Soccer City is, not just as far as a team on the field, but as it represents progress and change and development in the city of San Diego, I would be very curious to see, because when you do look at some of these other clubs, whether it's in North America, South America, you know, Europe, wherever, oftentimes there is a political undertone or there is like a political, you know, party affiliation, particularly you look at some of these like more
1: Barcelona. Like Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Barcelona yeah. Situation yeah. This season. yeah.
0: And so I, I wonder, and I don't know if you guys even thought about this yet, but like how, how the impact of this supporters group and club will, I guess the influence, how the influence of this supporters group and club will impact the city of San Diego when it comes to, Politics and policy. When it comes to development, when it comes to forward thinking, when it comes to, like you said, this concept of you know what I care about my community. I'm going to go clean the river. All right, my friends and I are today. We're going to go volunteer to homeless shelter. We're going to collect food and donate this. Like, I just have you guys thought about that at all? Or, you know, not a little bit. You're just aware of that sort of heavy responsibility.
2: I uh, you know I'm. It's I, I don't consider it a heavy responsibility. I, I think that's just being a human being. I, I think there's especially nowadays there's like a, a very polarized political climate that says you're one way or another and that to me and I think to a lot of people that that at least I talk to is bothersome because you don't have to be a right or a left you don't have to be you know a Republican or a Democrat you can be somewhere in the middle and function like that you just have to you know you have to have a common view with people I think in San Diego specifically, there are a lot of people with really common views and they belong to a, a certain set of generations that is it's having trouble organizing itself right now to the point where like i said i feel like the the community is kind of stagnated as far as what our next step is what what san diego looks like 25 years down the line there's there's nobody that's gotten together to say what is it really that we're actually trying to get to here yeah seeking
0: to achieve yeah, yeah.
2: so for me you know i i look at it and i say this is this is a, a first step towards it. This is a next ten years thing that will develop a huge plot of the heart of San Diego and make it into something that invests in our youth, it invests in you know college, it invests in affordable housing in in ways that we haven't seen anybody present an idea like this before. And that is kind of what I what makes me passionate about the project but it also makes me kind of re-gear myself towards, uh, I feel like this is what it means to be a San Diegan. I, I need to do this. I need to find the common ground. This is what we do to progress. Yeah. So I, I don't know that it, I, I looked at the political implications down the line so much as I did, you know, I feel like there are a lot of people in this area that have common views and there's just nobody really that can get them together because too many people were too busy squabbling over politics right yeah. I wouldn't
1: even say I, I would agree in the I haven't thought of it in the, from the political side but maybe unifying a di- very diverse city yeah. right I mean obviously the American Oz chapter here is, is huge I, I do know it's one of the biggest chapters of the American Oz. there's 180 plus you know San Diego one has over 700 members I don't wow. know the exact numbers I just yeah. know that um, but obviously it's no shock to anybody down here that San Diego is very diverse we have a lot of Hispanic community people support Mexican soccer, you know, yeah. national team yeah. Oh, yeah. here as well. And I think that this is a hugely unique opportunity to unite everybody. Yeah. You know, the soccer community here is, is so big, but we've had nothing to cheer for together. We've yeah. only ever had things to cheer for kind even of, against each yeah, other kind as a of, rival, kind of in strife, right? like you know, even, yeah. yeah, I mean, as, as rivals, I mean, I went to Mexico City last year for the U.S.-Mexico game. I was in Columbus, Ohio for that U.S.-Mexico game. I would definitely consider myself a hardcore U.S. fan. And yes, Mexico are our rivals, but I would absolutely unify to cheer for a San Diego MLS team. Or, you know, it, it, it's it's a way to uni- It's something. It's something to grow together with. I
2: think there's an interesting perspective on like uh, that. I think a lot of people that I've talked to down here share um, that are U.S. fans where you know in other parts of the country there's there's a very you know if you're a US fan you're anti Mexico you're anti everything to do with Mexican there's a
0: very firm nationalist sort of
2: in for me growing up in the community and playing soccer all over the county throughout my whole childhood you don't you can't function like that that's not San Diego we we there there although there's a, a border there like physically we are one big community along with Tijuana and Takate and, Tecate and I, I feel like that is on the whole kind of what we're after is to try and get the community that says you know we are we are south of LA south of Orange County you know this is our county this is what we belong to and this is who we represent we're different than those people this is this how is we progress we yeah. so for me it's it's kind of it it's just feels like this is the way that we drive forward I guess.
0: I agree. Yeah. No, I hear that. And, and in a lot of ways, like you said, it's it's fascinating to kind of be able to, from ground zero, from, you know, the sort of grassroots level of the organization and cultivation of this group, just, I think, to take the time to think and say, okay, what could we be? What, what are we now? One of the things that I struggle with mightily, like you said, this idea of diversity and this idea of, like, who we all are, you know,
2: I big questions no, you
0: now. know like those are i mean those are very existential sort yeah, of questions yes. but, and i find myself using that word a lot lately yeah. you know in yeah. basically <laughs> every conversation i have every podcast i interview i would say not to get too existential but and then we go deep because yeah. the reality is is like you said when it comes down to the identity of this specific region right and when it comes down to what we want like i i, I joke a lot because i that if you don't joke you just cry because the world's a very sad yeah, place you sometimes can't laugh, you can't cry, yeah man. uh be the change that you want to see in the world right and so if there's something that you want get after it, right if there's something that you feel maybe if a, a message to the
2: osg the other yeah week.
0: yeah be yeah. the change yeah no i say that all the time yeah. i say that all the time and usually it's tongue-in-cheek but it's also very direct because yeah. like you said all you have to do just get out there and do it
1: yeah
0: um and i think that's a big part of what Uh, I guess sort of uplifts me and gets me excited about you know not just being a part of this original supporters group of which I am a member just in case anyone was wondering uh, but also just going further forward and and kind of you know writing our own story I think that's a really unique and and kind of powerful opportunity that that we all have here and so I am like I said very happy that the two of you were I guess selected or anointed or whatever I I do imagine that at some point there will be some more formal structure to like how people can get into leadership Uh, because I mean I haven't seen it, and I don't know if you guys have seen it. But anyone saying, "Oh, like why were those guys chosen and not me or not that?" Like, I'm sure it's out there. If if you know. we haven't seen that
2: yet. But yeah. if you feel free to email yeah. us uh, if you feel that way, <laughs> um, we're available. And in-
1: I wouldn't say we're in over our heads, but there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. So if if uh, if there's people out there that are saying, "I want to get more involved than just a member of OSG, please yeah, by all send means, us an email. Step up, there's right? Plenty to do that we there's plenty of ambition there's so many ideas out there we have shared documents and stuff of just brainstorming ideas this this would be great to do but then we just yeah, don't bandwidth have. we both work full-time you know like this is all volunteer hours and staying up late and trying to get stuff done and text and emails back and forth and all that stuff so I, if, if there's people out there that want to get more involved and or have that idea of why these guys yeah. feel free we yeah. we are not sitting here going we are gonna lead this group forever we're sitting here going we were chosen we we're honored to be chosen and we're, gonna ta- we're not going to take the responsibility that lightly, but if you guys... Yeah, we need all the help
0: we, we can get. We need all the help we can get. You guys have both seen the Sons of Ben documentary, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And one of the things that I thought was actually really interesting where I <laughs> can't remember the character's name, but the president, who kind of, like, tries to step away yeah. and then realizes, like, nope, I'm all the way in. And, like, him and his wife kind of look at each other and say...
2: There's no other you know, option.
0: That's just who you are, yeah. you know? And uh, obviously, I know you both are married. I'm not yeah. yet. Just can't find a girl that likes me. But... You know that's a big part of who we are. You know that's a big part of who we are, and so I don't think that it could have gone personally to any you know sort of better people, but at the same time, uh, I, like I said, I recognize the sort of need and the it's the inevitability of, of structure and progress and growth going forward. So
1: I would like to shout out our wives or saints. Yeah, yeah.
0: And they put up. They let us. no. Wonderful women, both of them. <laughs>
2: at a brewery on a Friday yeah. afternoon, without them, wonderful women,
0: both yes. of them. I've had the pleasure of meeting them, and I. Aspire to find a woman half as gracious and kind and loving as your ladies. Love you, honey. Um, Also, shout out to Stephen McGlynn. He just walked by. Yeah. uh, Shout out to Stephen McGlynn for setting us up uh, at this lovely viewpoint viewpoint
2: brewing Brewing establishment. Yeah, beautiful place. If you haven't been here, I I do want to say, like, going kind of down the road of what really I I think is the foundation of everything that we're trying to do here is essentially. You know, one of the big directives of the group that I, I work with for the soccers is trying to get kids really, really involved in what it means to be an active supporter and really attach themselves to a team and understand what it means to be one common voice with a group. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also important for the both of us. Like we, like you said, we're both married. You know, We're kind of of that age where kids start becoming part of the conversation. We want our kids to grow up in an environment, in a, in a place that loves soccer and accepts it and thrives on it and like it does a lot of other places right now in the country we feel like this community is is perfectly set up for something like that and
1: i would even extrapolate on that point like part of me going in here into this was thinking about well why am i so passionate about this like obviously i am but like why yeah. you know like what is my true like fundamental like deep down purpose for this and i think it's you know being born and raised here growing up here, loving sports, loving the sport, like, I didn't have a San Diego team to root for. I mean, we got the soccers, yeah, and like, I, would, I used to go to soccer games with my dad all the time, and like, I totally had a connection to them, but like, that wasn't, indoor soccer wasn't my, Your passion. it didn't drive me, yeah, it didn't, yeah. it didn't, like, love it, so like, growing up, I had to choose idols, my soccer idols, f- from elsewhere, yeah. you know, being born and raised in San Diego, I obviously went to Chargers games, I obviously went to Padres games, there are two idols of, of those two teams that I think everybody in San Diego born being born and raised here in our generation idolized in junior state 20 Gwynn. I mean, they, they were San Diego through and through. They yeah. represented the city. I wouldn't choose an idol from Cincinnati. I chose my idol from San Diego because I'm a Padres fan. Yeah. right? And, 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 and I, also, I, think, I think my own extrapolate answer...
2: Extrapolate on your extrapolation. Hey, those two guys... tangential. <laughs> those two guys alone, I feel like, summarize the... the ethos of what it means to be a san diegan so well like in in a way that so many so many other politicians just can't do like those two guys were just beacons of our community and i think like you know steve and i are both in the same place like i well I, i didn't i I never was, like, a, a huge Padres fan I, just because I didn't grow up on baseball. I grew up on soccer. Yeah. But my, my love for the Padres came kind of in my teenage years and then into my 20s and, and as it stands now. But there is, growing up in San Diego, there was always the attachment to Tony Gwynn. And my mom was always a Chargers fan. She was going to Chargers games back when they were played in Balboa Stadium. Mm. There was always an attachment to Junior Seau because – those two, like I said, they're just figureheads in the community, and they, they, in so many ways, just summarize what it meant to be a San Diegan. So, continue your thoughts. <laughs> I
1: was gonna say, like, driving down here, you know, just today, like, I think my my deep-rooted, like, soul comes from the fact that, what would have happened if I was, you know, playing at NCS Express at eight years old? What if we had an MLS team? Like, I could go to a game every other week with my dad, or with my teammates, or with my coaches, and like, Develop a, a further passion for the sport instead no. of instead of me being like, oh yeah, I want to play T ball. Like, no, like I just want to play soccer. Like I just wanna I just want to go to the park yeah. and play soccer because yeah. I want to idolize John Smith, who plays for the San, San Diego FC, and yeah. I love that team, and that, I, yeah. that's that's who I want to be. And, and like that this- would have happened. Like and I want that for the kids here. I want like everybody knows in San Diego what how many youth soccer Clubs are here. What the? I mean, San Diego's yeah. known as the soccer yeah. mecca of America. How many? stars have come from San Diego? Mm-hmm. And that's without a club here, without a yeah. professional club here to like foster that, yeah. that
0: and help groom that, those uh, talents, like, yeah, right. help
1: groom the talents. But even just to go to like a live sporting event and feel that energy and like idolize that person on the field that's making that run and scoring that spectacular goal. Like you would see Tony Gwynn hit these home runs or hit C. Junior Sale making these ex- excellent plays, and then you're going. Man, I want to be that guy. Like yeah. that guy's. That guy's awesome. Like, yeah. when man, you, you only when get playing, that live when you're playing yeah. Yeah. touch you football as, yeah. at a ki-
2: as a kid. Then you do the bolt after you get somebody in the backfield. Like yeah. that was just what it meant to be a San Diegan. Yeah. Like if you were, if you were, you know, just hitting a ball like with your friends, like. You, you didn't idolize...
0: Nothing yeah. homegrown. Right. You, like you said, you have to find your idols from, right. from elsewhere. And, yeah. so you and see I a mean, lot there's
1: of obvious th- other things, like Steve Chirono is from San Diego, and you start saying... Um, Frankie. Frankie Haydick is from San Diego. And mm-hmm. you can start kind of... But it's not a natural I'm going to the game kind of thing. It's like he's from here, he doesn't play here, like there's a kind side of it extrapolate, but it you can still feel it but yeah. not as much. Yeah. It's not it's not as organic to yeah.
2: There's certainly that, that side of it that like we grew up in a generation that said if we want to go see a professional game, we have to go to Pasadena or we have to go to Cal State Dominguez Hills. Like we, we have to go to a galaxy game in order to go see a professional game. And you once a year maybe we get our you know our national team game here. More often than not, it's a Mexico game. Usually every couple years or every three years we get a, a US game. Um, lately it's been nice because we've been getting the women's games a lot yeah. more often down yeah. here, but yeah. you know, every few years we get a men's game. Um, but like my, my mom was calling me in sick from school when I was eight years old and taking me down to the training center in Chula Vista to go watch the team play when I was that young. Like That was the environment that we had to adapt to. We didn't have a, a team down here we didn't have a, a premier training facility that was stuffed in the middle of Mission Valley no. that would be world class, that would be where everybody would want to train.
0: It's, it's interesting as we continue to, to you know, have this conversation, I can kind of like palpably feel this sort of pent up desire yeah. and angst that I feel as though there are a number of people who have that same sort of just mm-hmm. craving for something and and we are like you said of that generation where sadly you know it's kind of a little bit late for us as players or as you know what have you but that being said you know the the next best thing that we can do to stay in touch with the game is do this and the next best thing that we can do for the generations who are coming beneath us is to help sort of pave the road right and and to blaze that trail and to make it that much more achievable for that next generation because that's one other thing that I think I mean i not this is just I guess me more so than like San Diego Society but And I think part of this is, when I look at, like, I'm a Manchester United fan, right, for a very specific, well, a number of reasons, but one of the specific reasons is that I absolutely love their dedication to the progression of youth, right, and the grooming and the cultivation.
2: Didn't their youth team get relegated this year?
0: Their under-23 team was relegated from the Premier League itself. The point I am making is that there are 3,000, almost 500 consecutive first-team games with at least one member. Yeah, Three, wow. We're talking about 80 that's years. Nice. 3,500 consecutive premier, or not premier, but like top first team yeah. matches yeah. with at least one homegrown academy product in the team. Not always starting, sometimes on the bench. You don't get a stat that incredible without a little bit of caveat. Uh-huh. Yeah. But 3,000, and that's because that club always gives people a chance. Whether or not these kids are good enough, uh, oftentimes there aren't, right? But you always get a chance at a club that's the size of Manchester. Look at
1: Rashford. Look at McTominay. Look
0: yeah. at these, you know. Look, I mean, look at Tom Cleverley. Tom Scholes, Cleverley was 18, not good enough, but yeah, Tom yeah, Cleverley I mean. has a Premier League winners medal because he was given a chance and he was okay enough.
2: Dude, yeah. you know. Yeah. Darren
0: Fletcher? Yeah, Dar- well, Darren Fletcher was a career titan. Ro-
2: career role player.
0: Titan of a man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, you think about these stuff, and that's the thing that I, I know that I feel very strongly about is, like I said, that cultivation of that next generation. Yeah. You know, in my limited sort of level of experience when it comes to media and this, I always try to bring at least one young person in and just say, hey, like, what can I do to at least, like, if you have a dream, if you have an objective, if you have an aspiration, let me know, and I'll do what I can, right? Yeah. And I think that's something that, resonates with the two of you mm-hmm. and with a number of other people around San Diego where we need to start thinking about the future. We need to start thinking about uh, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. What does San Diego look like? A lot of the people who make decisions in this town now won't be here in 10 years exactly. or 20 years or Five. even 30. Yeah, yeah, honestly, they won't. But well, we will. And there will be younger people who are in our place You know, 10 years from now who say, okay, now how do we do? Well, we're that?
2: podcasting right now. yeah, And like talking about what the next step in, in all this stuff is. I, I definitely agree with that and I, I think from the from the outsider's perspective from people that don't don't or haven't lived in San Diego County um, everybody looks at us and says, you know they're just like everybody is in LA They're just like Southern California and they don't understand how different it is down here it's it's different. Orange County is different from LA San Diego is different from both Orange County and LA there's there's such a different, methodology different way about people down here and for me i i look at it and i say you know we i think one of the biggest things with the expansion of mls right now is you know oh you look at san diego there's already two teams in la there's one team in san jose you know there's potentially a team in sacramento maybe um i even but, hear
0: i even hear people citing the team in tj as another yeah. reason yeah. and
2: and to me I, I look at it and i say but this is san diego this is different than all those places yeah. in the same way that new york is do- different from new jersey in the same way that new york is different from boston they might only be like 60 miles apart but it yeah. doesn't change the fact that, that Spiritually. culturally there's so much difference yeah. there you know the the roots of the culture are so much different than in both of those two places and i think that's one of the things that san diegans pr- particularly really identify with um, is that we're not LA, we're not Orange County, we do our own thing, we don't make a lot of noise down here. We do our thing and we push forward. We're kind of the silent partner down here that, that keeps Southern California progressing. But I think now's the time for us to stand up and say this is what San Diego looks like. Yeah. And for me, San Diego looks like Soccer City. Hey-oh. Mission Valley-oh. I like that. I like that. Copyright.
0: All right, we're, we're going to wind down in a second here. But uh, final thoughts. That was actually a great way to close. I'm tempted to just stop <laughs> this right now. But no, as, 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 as we kind of take, you know, there's a lot of information that we just thrown out there on the table and a lot of kind of hopes and dreams and feelings and, you know, challenges. And part of the thing that I really like more than almost anything else is just being along for the ride in a lot of ways, being involved in the conversation. Uh, but I also really do enjoy uh kind of being able to say that I'm a character in this story, right? And so the thing that I would wrap up with personally is just kind of the acknowledgment of the fact that this is not yet done in so many ways like we've not yet begun the fight, right? Like this is kind of like the opening of a new chapter. But if anything like this is going to be like a 10 part trilogy type thing, like this like this is the beginning. Yeah. And I kind of just want to like, you know, appreciate that for what it is, kind of, you know, look around, breathe in, breathe out, and then put my head down and get back to work. Yep.
1: Yeah. We're at the bottom of the mountain, and it's we got a long way to go to get there. Even yeah. if that long way is in six months, and then after that, there's another hill to climb to get where we want to be. Uh, but I, I completely agree.
2: No, We're gonna go there. It it doesn't matter how far yep. it is. We're gonna go there. So. so a few
1: more things I'd like to plug. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So OSG as it is now, uh, we have the June sixth event coming up.
2: Mm-hmm. Stone Brewing.
1: You guys will have... You guys, listeners, will have...
2: Stone Brewing and Liberty Station. Correct.
1: You'll have information on specific OSG events. Um, We're going to... So, information will drop on your podcast. Uh, We're going to have a scarf available. Whoa! uh, As OSG's first scarf, Uh, Daryl did a fantastic job on the design. I have seen it.
0: I've heard Uh, of it. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. It's
1: pretty spectacular. Um, So, that's that's some information. We're thinking of doing um, some other... Pretty cool things going up to that for World Cup events, while well, the OSG, organized watch parties, um, specific. Maybe some like
0: LAFC away days maybe? Perhaps, we've yeah.
2: also talked about that, some LAFC we've, away days. We talked days. about crashing some LA parties. Yep. Yeah, um, big fan of that. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah, we'll, we'll make that happen, okay. um, and, and you can find us on Facebook, the, the, the group itself is uh, private on Facebook, but um, you know, if you, Contact the OSG. I think it's osg.sandiego at gmail.com. Uh, let us know that you're out there. Um, we'll touch base with you. Um, we, we want we want to get FaceTime with everybody involved in this um, because it's important for everybody to understand that they're important to the effort um, and they're important to the group itself. Everybody plays a part in this, um, whether it's just attending an event or organizing an event, painting a TIFO maybe, um, clues, hints. Um You know, designing scarves, it doesn't matter. Everybody plays their role in this kind of stuff. If you've
0: got a skill set, if you've got a passion, if you've got anything that you can contribute, there's a place for it. So a few
1: more things. We are going to be opening up OSU memberships. If you're not a member, yeah, we're going to be reopening that. We don't have uh, any in... So at the June 6th event with the scarf, it's going to be a cash-only thing. And if you haven't signed up, we're going to ask that you give your your email so we can grow the group. Um, But as far as online membership goes, we're going to be launching a website soon. Um, with Signups for information. F- it's gonna be a free membership. We don't have anything like a Jersey or any promises to make because yep. We're so we're pretty we're gonna, pretty new at this. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, it's been two weeks. We don't have a We don't have a lot of things established, but right. we're flying by the seat of our pants and going to reopen OSG memberships to try to get uh, more people involved Especially if they weren't as involved last year when OSG first launched and memberships and then they closed and um, or if people have heard through word of mouth or people at the Soccer City events wanna get more involved and become a member of OSG, then um, they can absolutely do that. So that's and, a couple more tips.
2: And if you're interested in volunteering your time for any of the things that we're doing going forward, we are gonna have a Foodie McFoodie Face event going on during the World Cup. Um, and all that information will be available primarily through Twitter. Um, but you know, if you sign up through us, through the OSG's email and, and get on the, the mailer list, then we'll definitely give everybody details on that. Um, I think we're working with the San Diego Food Bank again um, and definitely count on a lot of efforts ramping up as we get towards November.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, yeah, available on Twitter, available on SoccerNation.com, available on the San Diego Chronicle. I'll do what I can to help kind of, you know, spread, spread that word, guys. And I, I imagine I'll be along for the ride as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be, I'll be around.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Cool. Fair enough. Any last-minute plugs? Anyone else? We've already talked about your wives, parents, you know, it was Mother's Day this past weekend. Shout out to the moms. Shout, Shout out to, moms. to the moms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this has been great. I, I really appreciate you guys kind of making the time and hanging out and grabbing a beer. And well,
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's rough yeah, like having it's this conversation. Year, yeah. I
0: tell you, man, it's rough. Look at the <laughs> sky. Look at the sky. <laughs> Even we, when it's gray, it's
2: still
1: blue. <laughs> yeah. well, we, I think we both appreciate you al- having us on, you know, allowing us to use your your voice and your podcast to spread our word, too, so. Appreciate that.
2: And we appreciate you having having you in the community. I oh, know yeah. I know you you weren't natural born San Diegan, but I think that's part of what identifies a lot of people with San Diegans. Is a lot of people weren't born here, but you if you to get down here. here and you choose to be here, that's what really makes you a San Diegan. If you really identify with the other people that are around you, that's what, what makes you a San Diegan. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. Yeah.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, signing off. My name is DK Nilo. That's Daryl Biggs. That's his last name. And you're Stephen Brokhoff. Mm-hmm. I know your last name as well. Uh, and until the next time, gentlemen, fare thee well. All
1: right. Thank you, sir. Thank you.